Welcome to the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, talking to Krishna today. And uh, Krishna, I was thinking about titles for this episode. So basically what we're looking at is uh, our normal box score numbers super early into the season and then our stable our stable points where we're going to pad. You're going to talk about that process in a second. And I don't know, I was kind of thinking for a title of this episode, like uh, statistics padding in you. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about yeah, that title? Sure. <laughs> sure. What is that? What's the abbreviation there? I don't know. I've read a lot of <laughs> I've wow. a lot of young nieces and nephews, and whenever there's like introducing a topic, that's always what the t- title of the book is. Statistics padding and you. So yeah. So it, yeah, 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 yeah. Spow. Spow. Okay. So uh, early in the season, when we uh, look at box score numbers, obviously they're crazy a lot of the time. You have guys averaging like three and a half blocks that probably won't be doing that. Um, guys averaging tons of points, tons of assists, like really wonky stuff. So Krishna has been uh, with with a few other people kind of uh, starting a crusade to help us understand small samples. Uh, and he calls it padding, uh, adding stability to these numbers. So Krishna Take it away. Please explain this very helpful process. Uh, yeah, sure. So first of all, I'm, I'm going to actually give credit to Kostya, um, who we've had on the pod before, who kind of introduced the, the padding method. It's it's uh, really useful and it's pretty simple. I mean, basically what you're jo- just doing is taking a, a weighted average of um, a player's stats um, with like how many minutes they've played and then averaging that and then kind of what we call regressing it towards the mean, um, which would mean, re- sorry, regressing it towards the, well, the mean can can be anything actually. Right now we're using uh, league average, but you could regress it towards offensive role. You could regress it towards a player's career stats. Um, and there's a specific uh, padding number for each stat. So I think the one probably most people have maybe heard is like uh, with three point shots. It's um, and I believe Christian, no one has heard this number. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we said it once on a podcast five months ago. Maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So with like three point shots, it's like 250 shots or somewhere roughly around there. Um, I feel like we had mentioned this on another pod, but if not, well, I just gave you the number. and so I, so we've basically kind of gone and done that with a, a bunch of different numbers from um, the site uh, pbpstats.com. They have a ton of different stats. And so we've done that with um, all of their different stats. Um, and instead of kind of focusing on some of the more obscure ones, we'll, I think we'll just kind of hit on some of the basic ones like points and assists and and plus minus and um i guess what i found interesting is going through this uh exercise for like points if you look at um the non if if, so if you just look at points per 75 possessions um without any stabilization and um you apply like a minutes cutoff which is um kind of arbitrary uh (laughs) With what we chose, we chose thirty minutes. Uh, yeah, thirty minutes. Um, and again, that's the other benefit of something like stabilization. You don't have to cut off the minutes at like thirty minutes or twenty minutes or fifty minutes. 
there's no arbitrary cutoffs, so you can essentially kind of look at like the league leaders without having to be like, oh, okay, I need to cut off my minutes at 30 or 50 or 200 or whatever. Um, but anyways, just kind of looking at the non-stable points per 75 possessions, um, I noticed we have about nine players in the league right now averaging seven, uh, 30 points per 75 possessions. Um, and so actually, if you're wondering why we're using per 75, not per 100, um, personally, I, I prefer this because it kind of more matches per game um, because most players play around 36 minutes now. And 36 minutes translates roughly to like 75 possessions. Um, so you could almost look at it as like a per game, but adjusted for pace um, type stat. So right now there are nine players averaging over 30 points per 75 possessions. And uh, at the end of the season, if we still have nine, that would be pretty incredible. This would but, it, it would be a season that we would be talking about for like the next like fifteen years. Be like, hey, do you remember that one time like ten guys averaged thirty points a game? Yeah, I don't. I'm pretty sure that's like never happened. I I, I don't. I'm, I haven't looked it up, but like, I refuse I to look imagine. it up. It's never happened. I can bet. I'll bet on it. I'll bet on it blind. Yeah. <laughs> I bet on it that it's never happened. So, um. Yeah, so like if if we if this keeps up, that would be pretty incredible, and it would actually be super fun. Like I kind I'm kind of rooting for it, but you know, by the end of the season, usually you're gonna only have like two or three guys averaging thirty points per game or thirty points per seventy five possessions. Um, and so interestingly, if you look at our stable points per seventy five uh, possessions, you actually end up with. Uh, three guys averaging over 30 points per 75 possessions. Um, and that's Luca, Ja, and Giannis. Um, and then you get a bit of a gap uh, down to, about a three-point gap down to KD at 28.9 points per 75 possessions. Um, so anyways, so basically kind of the stabilization helps it not only is it does it make it easier to look at in terms of like you don't have to apply some arbitrary minutes filter, but you kind of get more of a sense of where players are more likely to end up uh, by the end of the season um, in terms of both like the number, like in terms of like the distribution of, okay, there's like three guys over 30 points per 75 instead of nine. Um so it's it's kind of a much better way to kind of look at the data without adding in arbitrary cutoffs and um, while also kind of getting a sense of where you're likely to end up. Um, so, uh, yeah, anything anything to add, Taylor? No, yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think it's one of those things where it's it's really valuable for two reasons, right? The padding helps because there's going to be a couple players that start off or, you know, maybe even more than that, maybe a lot of players starting off really, really hot. Um, maybe they're because of, of things like injury, things like that. Um, they're getting like a super high load. Um, like I'm thinking maybe like the buck situation could change a little bit when Middleton comes back. The point is small sample size lead to very strange results a lot of the times or like really extreme results. And I think one of the, the really good things is especially for a player with a track record, 
that is not super old, right? Because like if it's a player that's like 36 or 37, you might be like, well, this might be the cliff. I'm not sure. But if it's someone that's like maybe like age 29, age 30, that's a pretty stable player uh, throughout their career, I think it's really useful for cold starts too. And we don't always look at that because that's not at the top of the leaderboard. But I think that's something that... Um, can as a fan for me make me panic less um but then uh on the flip side if we're going back to hot starts uh there's a ton of guys shooting over 50 percent from three this year right probably not i think grant williams is shooting like 66 percent from three and it's like well that's probably not gonna happen um i actually i was messing around with like a top 20 shooter uh shooters in the league kind of tier list the other day and i was i was sending it over to krishna and I was I was texting another friend and he was like, oh, you don't have Kevin Herter on this list. And I was like, uh, no, sh- sh-. like I'm always like, OK, that guy's he's a, he's a good three point shooter. Right. But I'm not thinking like top 20 in the league. Who knows? Maybe he becomes that. Maybe he doesn't. But the point is right now, I think most people don't think that. But then he was like, well, have you seen him this year? And I think he's shooting like 52, 53 percent from three. But I'm like, well, it's only been five games, though. <laughs> so like I feel like uh, the this padding, uh, I didn't have this data in front of me when I was texting my other friend. But I feel like it would have been really useful to be like, well, if we pad this out, I feel like we're going to get a lot more of a realistic idea of maybe what Kevin Herter is going to be at the all-star break or the end of the year. Yeah, so you mentioned Kevin Herter um, and his three-point percentage. And uh, he's actually, so just kind of looking at the the padded three-point percentage, the leader right now is Boyan at uh, around 38.6%. And then Herter is second at 38.5%. And yeah, again, like because it takes three point, it it takes, you need like 250-ish attempts um, before uh, the three-point percentage is more uh, of the player's in-season percentage versus whatever you're padding it towards. And and again, like I said before, you could pad it towards uh, offensive role, you can pat it towards um, a player's career, you could pat it towards um, a projection, which I think would be the more, most interesting way to do it. Um, and when I say like a projection, I would mean like projecting three-point percentage for the season uh, using like a player's career stats and, um, you know, weighted for uh, recency, which is actually pretty similar to what Darko does, or basically what Darko does. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it's, um, when, when looking at like the padded three point percentage, like, and especially if you're like padding towards league average, like, yeah, you get basically everything's compressed. So, um, you mentioned Herter and he was second, um, at 38.5%. So, um, yeah, just, um, sometimes you need a little compression, you know? Yeah. And I I did want to also mention, uh, earlier, we were talking about points per 75 and I figured I actually give the padding number um, because essentially what you can look at this as like how much, how many possessions do you need before you can trust a player's points per 75 possessions, I guess, or for like three point attempts would be like how many attempts or three point percentage would be how many attempts. So for like points per uh, 75 possessions, it's actually only about 130 possessions before um, the points per 75 possessions of the player is, um, so like anything less than 130 uh, possessions, and it would be more um, 
the the padding would be more the whatever you're padding it towards. So it'd be like more the league average or more uh, padding towards the offensive role. Uh, but once you get over like 140 possessions, it would be more the player's stats from that season. If that that's makes scoring sense. possessions, right? Uh, no, this is just or just total possessions being on the yeah, court. Yeah. Just okay, being okay. on the court. Yeah. Offensive possessions. Yeah. So the biggest it's, takeaway so, here is that right that whether you're shooting threes or you're doing other things, each stat has a different amount of possessions to stabilize. Yep. Yeah. Each stat has a different amount of possessions to stabilize. And again, it doesn't have to be possessions because like with three point percentage, it could be three point attempts. Um with two point percentage, it could be two point attempts or whatever you know, you're attempting to stabilize. Um, so like we actually have some interesting ones here too, where um, we have shot quality um, and it takes around 20 to 25 attempts for shot quality to stabilize. And that one's very interesting to me because that's um, like a few games, honestly, it's very quickly. If you think about it, like in terms of, I mean, sometimes the guy's going to take 25 shots, so it could, you know, but that's kind of rare. But most um, players aren't but, doing that. Yeah, most players aren't. But the whole point, though, is like it's basically just two or three games and their shot quality is going to be pretty stable. And the whole um, kind of idea behind that is like essentially style stats, which are like uh, shot quality, uh, your three-point attempt rate, um, your usage rate, like basically stats that capture like how you play. Um, so like where you like to shoot from um, your the team's pace. If you're looking at like a team stat, a team's pace um, or a team's three point attempt rate, um, basically all these different types of style stats are going to stabilize much quicker because um, like your essentially team's style isn't going to change that much. Uh, like over, th there's not as much variance within it, right? As opposed to like three-point shooting, right? Where it takes a ton of attempts or or really any shooting type stat. Um, that makes sense. I, I think I get that where yeah. it's like the way you play really like that, that, that be, like becomes is like really obvious to see. Like if you play pickup basketball with someone, you're like, okay, after like a couple games, I have a pretty good understanding of what this person wants to do. Right. And it seems like that would scale yeah. up in a team. Right. Or like, depending, like if you're a stationary shooter on an NBA team and you've been on the team for a few years, it's like, guess what you're going to do. You're going to stand at the wing or the corner. And then like, occasionally there's going to be some off ball action where you might move or set a screen. But like, for the most part, that is what you are doing. And looking at how often those threes go in is a little bit of a different story. I think that makes sense. Yeah. And like, th I think this would honestly apply to like any type of stat. So you could talk about like a team scheme, whether they're switching a ton on defense or whether they're playing more drop defense, something like that would probably stabilize much quicker than um, how good they are at executing it basically. So basically how good you are at executing something is going to take longer to stabilize than just how often you do something. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm looking at uh, like scanning through some other stats really quick. So I'm looking at the stable assists versus just the, the raw assists per 75. And I think they got 
what is it? 32 players uh, in the raw stats per 75 are averaging seven assists or more. And then if you go over to the stable, it's right around 20. So it's a third less players because at the end of the year, we're probably not going to have a ton of eight and nine assist guys. So, uh, you know, this whole thing, I feels like something uh, my mom used to say this all the time. She used to say, you know, take everything with a grain of salt. (laughs) And I feel like early season returns on players, especially stats, you do need to take with a grain of salt. Right. And I, I know we know that, but I also think sometimes we just get excited. And I feel like these stable stats are a really good way to say, not this is what is going to happen, but this is like a likelier outcome. Right. And honestly, I don't think like I've heard so many people say, oh, just like throw out the first five games because it's small sample size. But you shouldn't do that. Um, You shouldn't throw out data. Right. So I think what you want to do is you want to make sure your data is more stable. So you want to try to like attempt to make use of the data you have while accounting for your small sample size. So you don't want to just be like, oh, it's only been five games. Um, this guy's averaging 30 points. It won't continue because it's just five games. You want to say, okay, what's the likelihood that it is going to continue? Um, and, you know, what, like, what is his, if you're padding it with, like, whatever, where is he actually at the moment? And, and that's kind of more likely to, to match where you're going to end up at the end of the year. Um, actually, another interesting uh, stat that I, I think we both wanted to talk talk about was uh, the plus minus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tweeted about this um, a little while ago. And essentially what um, this early in the season, you have some wild plus minus numbers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so just like looking at uh, kind of the non-stable version of, of plus minus, um, I think you have like, and, and this is with like where we added like a minute cutoff in here with 30 minutes, but like, if you took that out, you'd end up with like guys that like plus a hundred and stuff like that. Oh my gosh. Uh, we have Wenyan Gabriel Laker legend leading the league in, uh, in the, the non, not this confusing to say the not stable version, I guess the raw plus minus per 75. Let's go. Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah. Um, Okay, I, I, I'm seeing Dwight Powell leading in the... Oh, maybe minus. I got the wrong spreadsheet. I'm at He's at 14. Okay. Um, huh. We did give uh, each other like 17 versions of these spreadsheets with different cutoffs. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, wait, no, you're right. I just didn't scroll all the way up. <laughs> I thought it was at the top. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I just got excited because I saw it Laker. All right. Yeah, Dwight Powell at plus 25. Woo! <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, that's what we got. Actually, it would be kind of more interesting if we take off the minutes uh, cut off, which, um, okay, actually, I'm not going to do that. It's a, it, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we got like five players over plus 20 here. And, um, yeah, basically. It's, so you're telling like, me the, you're not going to outscore your the, the team you're playing by 20 every time Dwight Powell's on the court? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say probably not. And uh, I'm going to say Sam Hauser was at plus 21.35 is probably not actually a plus 21.35 impact type player. Sam Hauser sounds like he'd be a, like on like a golfer on the PGA Tour. <laughs> um, although Herb Jones is uh, plus 18.75 in in uh, the non-stable version. And uh, that's 
Herb Herb feels like that's well, he's not going to end up quite that high, but he's a he's a name that makes sense there. Uh, um, Landry Shamit is seventh. Have I told you how much I like him as a bench player? Yeah, I'm convinced he's going to have like a like a 14 year career. That guy seems like he's going to be a role player on a couple championship teams. So this, I'm loving that on the on the uh, the raw version. But let's head over to the stable plus minus because yeah, I feel stable, like it makes a little more sense. Yeah, the stable version makes a little more sense, and it's really interesting to look at the numbers here when you're looking at the stable version. Um, there's only one guy over plus four, and that's Devin Booker at 4.01. And um, you only have 12 guys over plus three. So already you can kind of see the impact of stabilizing um, the, the plus minus numbers. Um, and our, our top five here is uh, Devin Booker at 4.01, then Mitchell at 3.97, then Josh Green at 3.77. That one's kind of interesting. People are pretty excited about him. There's a lot of chatter on Twitter. Yeah, and uh, CJ 3.69 and Dean Wade at 3.62. Um, I know you're a fan of uh, Dean. I am I am the chair of the fan club for Dean Wade. Also, CJ McCollum, if you want to know more about him, put out a CJ McCollum player profile. It's the previous podcast. Came out last Monday. Check that out if you haven't. Yep, yep. And uh, oh, some and some other interesting Pelicans. Herb Jones. Uh, plus 3.05 he is a normally a plus minus darling uh, <laughs> well <laughs> I say normally a plus minus darling and that uh, is basically the one season he's played in the NBA so but far. the whole plus season he was a darling yeah the whole season he was a darling <laughs> yeah exactly um, interestingly Ingram at plus 3.01 um, is a is an interesting one because um, I think this is the first year where probably you're seeing him Near the top of stats like this, um, and um, yeah. So, uh, any other interesting names for you? Mm, I'm going down the list. I just saw a funny thing. Grayson Allen's up here because he's just starting with the with the Bucks. Where it's like Giannis is at 13, then Brooke Lopez, then Grayson Allen, then a couple guys, then Drew Holiday, and I'm like, man, it's who you know sometimes. Yeah, I will say the other thing that we have to be careful with here, though, is like I'm I'm sitting here naming the top five, and I just realized these numbers are super compressed. And I do have to mention that like there's kind of an error bar with plus minus where, um, like like you need like 18 years of plus minus for it to stabilize. Well, yeah, there's that, but like, and also just compressing it towards league average doesn't necessarily mean that um you're going to end up like with like so if we're looking at these numbers right now that doesn't mean that their lebron is going to be or you know epm or whatever impact metric you use is going to be anywhere close to where they are um and so like but but mainly it's more that like like if you're thinking of plus 2 to plus 3 that's a very small range and just because one guy is plus 2.65 it doesn't mean he's better than the guy who is plus 2.59, right? Like that's very close. And essentially what I'm trying to say is like there's a margin of error where, you know, this early in the season, it's going to be hard to even use some of these stable plus minus stats. Um, and, you know, like essentially it's not, we, we can't really use this necessarily as a ranking, although it is kind of fun to kind of look at where everybody is and see, okay, like, hey, this guy's, 
um, a plus four in the stable stat is um, probably a decent indication that he's like somewhat, he's going to be pretty good this year, right? For Devin Booker. We also already, that's without knowing anything that we, you know, about last year, but um, yeah. Yeah, I definitely think there's some things to take away. Uh, you know what I know? I've learned this in, uh, in broadcasting school that decimal points play great on the radio. So uh, digging in this deep <laughs> in the data, always uh, very difficult to listen to. Uh, yeah. I thought we'd look at some fun See, stats. That's what I'm saying. we got to be wary of the decimal points. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I wanted to look at some fun stats. So this spreadsheet has everything. It has travels per 75. And again, this is the non-padded version. Just I thought this was very interesting. Jaw was ninth in the league so far in travels called on him. Jalen Brown, 10th. JaVel McGee, 11th. And I'm like, how is JaVel McGee traveling this much? It doesn't even seem possible. Uh, Bryn Forbes, where I'm like, all oh, that guy shoot, does is shoot threes. How's he traveling? Um, so I don't know. JaVel. There was some fun <laughs> stuff on here. That's a lot for JaVel, but uh, I'm guessing, uh, <laughs> I guess, I guess they're calling travels on him as opposed to not calling them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that could be what is this recovered block shots? This is crazy. This yeah. spreadsheet's gigantic. Yep. If you had to guess, who has the most recovered block shots in the league? Okay, if I had to guess right now. Um, if you guess anyone in the top five, I'd be impressed. Yeah. Um, oh, well, you know what? Okay, so I, my first guess was about to be a player who's not played this season. Who is not in the it's league. It's about to be Bob Williams. I was like, oh, that it's got to be. And then I just realized, oh, wait, he's played. he hasn't played. It, hasn't, it so is not him. It is not him. Um. Okay. I'll give you a uh, hint. There's two brothers in the top ten. Two brothers. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Well, okay. Is Giannis one of them? Because he no, he's, he's not. It's a good guess. Um. Okay. Uh, For anyone playing at home, this is block shots that were recovered. We're recovering block shots. So not blocking it, but picking the ball up after someone blocks it. Let's see. Um, Gobert? Nope. Actually, no. You know what? He, Yeah, I I don't think he'd be in there. Um, Brooke? Brooke is number four. Okay. I'll be honest. I was kind of thinking of, like, the best defenses. And, well, okay, so the Gobert one was, like, he's traditionally been, like, you know, one of the best – uh, rim protectors so that was kind of my guess there but then i don't like my brook guess was basically okay the bucks defense is insane this year so he's got to be up there oh yeah his like his shot blocking numbers are insane so i guess he's just picking a lot of them up after biombo was number one miles turner two bull bull three brook lopez four and then Zubox uh five so uh is that the uh the stable version or the unstable No, this is the version? unstable version. I assume the unstable yeah. version will be more fun. Yeah. Uh, actually, interestingly, the stable version has Turner and then Bulbul. Bulbul's making things happen. He's getting 20 minutes a game. He's shooting. He's, he's scoring over 10 points a game, and his efficiency is like his true shooting is like 122 to start the year. So I don't know how that's going to play out, but uh, definitely interesting. His plus minus is good. So uh, indicators are uh, pointing towards interesting. Yeah, and and the blocks are something 
Blocks are something that stabilize quicker. Uh, if I'm, let me just get my number up here, but I'm pretty sure uh, they stabilize fairly quick. Um, let's see. Uh, 182 possessions. So like, um, t- like two games? Uh, no, that's player possessions. Well, I mean like so two games be, worth of possessions is the kind that's of... That's going to be more than that because, no, players won't play. No, no, this, I mean so like that, if you were to like play the whole game. I guess that's not a great way to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like nobody's going to play 48 minutes. You know what, really oh, this, God, uh, this episode has been an obstacle of like, all right, I have two spreadsheets that are similar. I'm trying to not get them confused while looking at 10,000 stats. <laughs> this has been a, uh, this has been an exercise in trying to broadcast. So I'd say 180 uh, possessions is about uh, probably about like, well, to be on the safe side, probably like four games or something like that. All right, so we're going to play one more game. Who do you think has in the raw, not the padded, the most charges uh, drawn per 75? Um, This one really matches the eye test, so I've I've seen some of it this year. Okay. uh, Actually, my first guess was Lowry, but I don't know why I'm going with him considering the heat or kind of bleh. No, it's not him. He's not even in – he's nowhere near the top. Surprise. I think he was, like, really high last year. Yeah, he's he's usually a guy that's in there. Over uh, two charges a game so far, which is crazy. Oh. That means the person has like ten charges already because they played like five games. Uh, wait, are you talking about charges or child charges fouls drawn? Drawn. Okay. Um. Let's see. Uh, smart. No, it's a big. It's a big. Um, They're old. They're old. They play in the Eastern Conference. (laughs) Okay, you're gonna you're gonna have to just tell me because we could be here for a while. (laughs) We could be here all day. Kevin Love averaging over two charges a game. Interesting. Clint Capella is six, and I'm like, dude, just send it back. Um, Wow. So yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, so actually, so I'm looking at the stable charges per uh, drawn per 75 possessions, and the, the league leader has 0.09. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so oh, because I guess it's all. I, I, look at I it. would imagine. Well, I would imagine taking. If you were to be like, hey, if you put an incentive in someone's contract where you're like, I'll give you an extra three million dollars if you can charge, if you can draw two charges a game. I don't even think like I don't think anyone without looking at the data, I feel like that would be one of the harder things to try to do. Right. So that I mean, ultimately, I think the reason um, so I'm looking at the padding number and it's uh, about 840 defensive possessions. Um, And ultimately, I think the reason it takes so long is like like you said, you there's just not many players that get like one or two charges in a game. That's an opportunity thing. It depends on who you're playing, too. You know? Yeah. Well, it's somewhat of an opportunity, but I think like I think there is a pretty clear correlation with like the guys who are always the leaders are guys like oh totally, you know, but they're like, also hunting them, right? Like Kevin Love's like, well, I'm not blocking anybody, so like I gotta right. get like my chest in the way. No, that's a good point. Like most of the guys who are drawing charges are probably not getting like 
five blocks a it's game. It's like Montrez Harrell is third on here, where it's like Trez knows he's not going to block a lot of shots. Derek um, White, yeah, knows he's not going to block a lot of shots. But also, I think it's just it's very difficult to get like two or three charges a game or something like that. So, like if you look at, I'm pretty sure the charge leaders per game, charges drawn leaders per game is smaller than steals. Like players get more steals per game. I would, I, I without looking it up, I believe you. Yeah. So, um, I haven't looked it up either, <laughs> but that's my guess. That's and really I'm, the the takeaway from this episode is we have this spreadsheet with like just thousands of data points but we're not looking anything else up. <laughs> yeah. Because this took a while, yeah, okay, a guys? Of, uh, this took a while for Christian up. to put together. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I think that's the thing. <laughs> we're both just looking at these two spreadsheets and nothing else. And so uh, there's been a lot of, oh, without looking it up. <laughs> this this is basically like me and – this is what me and Christian talk about every time we talk. It just basically turns into this, except there's me saying like more radical things about movies mostly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, Krishna, before we get out of here, is there anything else you want to hit on between the uh, stable and the uh, non-stable per 75? Uh, no. I'm just going to say that I think we're going to be adding these uh, to the – database in the next few days um I'm, I'm saying next few days to be a little cautious because um, <laughs> give yourself some time <laughs> yeah just i mean they're ready to go um and i think i mean ideally we'll hopefully have them up tomorrow but um you never know if something comes up if you know <laughs> like uh you know if a bug comes up or something like that i don't know um <laughs> i just want to give uh don't want to promise it tomorrow and then people will be disappointed when it's not up there tomorrow, but uh, they are mostly ready to go. All right. Fantastic. Well, uh, that was sort of your introductory course into uh, stable, into padding, into understanding small sample sizes of statistics. Uh, my name is Taylor for Krishna. Thanks for joining us on the Basketball Index podcast.